fund and a syndication are almost identical, except a syndication is this is the property we're buying and here are the rules around it. And a fund is we're buying anything that meets this box, that checks this box, and this is the return that you're going to get. And here's the rules around it. So it's identical. It just gives you more a lot more power to buy a lot more. And it spreads out the risk as well for the investors to not just be tied to one thing, but a list of things that they can uh, tap into. I just liked it better. And I'm not, you know, syndications are great. People make a lot of money. And if you know what you're doing, you're going to be amazing. Welcome to the Cashflow for Life podcast. We believe there are two types of people in this world. People that have greater cash flow coming in every single month or people who have cash flow going out. We believe you need to be the type of person that has cash flow coming in, and that is what this podcast is all about. Our mantra is simple. If you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. If you're looking to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Andrew Holmes, a renowned expert in the field, is your guide on this journey. Andrew is the driving force behind National RE Invest, the largest real estate investors association in the United States. Together, we're here to help you build wealth and create more cash flow in your life. Let's get into the show. In today's conversation, I talked with Marco Kozlowski, a seasoned real estate investor whose journey from a struggling concert pianist to a prominent figure in the realm of real estate is nothing short of remarkable. Marco shares his transformative path, ignited by financial hardship and personal struggles. He unveils the pivotal moment when an infomercial featuring Carlton Sheets sparked his curiosity, propelling him into the world of real estate seminars and ultimately guiding him to his initial property acquisition in Syracuse, New York. Despite enduring a severe setback during the tumultuous 2008 financial crash, which saw him lose a substantial real estate portfolio and face significant personal and financial challenges, Marco's resilience and shifted mindset led to a remarkable resurgence. Marco divulges his investment strategies, emphasizing the significance of purchasing properties with equity and generating sustainable cash flow. He shuns conventional real estate methods, opting for off-market deals to optimize returns and mitigate risks. Marco articulates the importance of maintaining a 30% equity margin in property acquisitions, ensuring a positive cash flow trajectory. Our conversation navigates through Marco's evolution from single-family homes to a diversified portfolio encompassing luxury properties, hotels, motels, assisted living facilities, mobile home parks, and storage units. He shares invaluable insights on maneuvering through market downturns, offering sage advice on seizing opportunities when others retreat. We explore the intricate realm of asset-backed lending, a cornerstone of Marco's investment approach. He illuminates how this strategy facilitates high-yield returns with minimal financial risk, enabling investors to secure properties without shouldering personal liabilities. Sit back, absorb the wisdom, and enjoy this enriching conversation with Marco Kozlowski. Today, you guys are in for a treat. So, Marco... Welcome, man. Let's just jump right into it. So let's kind of start with maybe a little bit the market you're in, kind of how you got into real estate. I read a little bit about your background. Uh, I'm sure we'll, that'll come up. But how did you j get into real estate? Uh, well, I was a concert pianist, a struggling musician, got married when I was 18, four kids at 24, and was broke. And uh, having marital problems, four kids, and I'm sure you know what the number one cause of divorce is. It's finance, right? It's marriage. It's yeah, marriage. Uh, it's marriage. Yeah. The, the second cause though is, is, is definitely finances. I actually saw an infomercial 
on uh, Carlton Sheets. I don't know if you remember that guy, but uh, bought his product, dove into that, digested that, then started piquing my curiosity on what was available, started going to seminars in the United States, bought my first property in 1999 in uh, in New York State. So in, yeah, so Syracuse, New York. Uh, I think Syracuse, I for, New York, okay. Yeah, Syracuse, New York. I bought it for 83000 I looked on Zillow not too far, not too long ago, still worth 83000 Uh Hasn't appreciated much in that area. Um, I, I, I kind of joke about that, but it it's really hasn't gone up much considering all the other assets that I bought over the years. But started in single family, uh, took a whole bunch of seminars and eventually moved into uh, luxury properties, did options on luxury assets and then did auctions on them, did estate sales. So even though the house didn't sell at times, uh, I still made money on the estate sale, which was neat. So learned how to um, leverage uh, successes out of failures, if you will. Built a single family portfolio up to 2007-08, over 600 assets. Uh, lost those during the crash, got divorced during that process, got remarried during that process, and uh, actually up to 07, 08, 09, saved up around $11 million because I knew the crash was coming. Money was like water back then, if you remember. Uh, you could just overborrow or take out $100,000, $200,000 at closing on these assets that we were buying. And uh, my wife at the time decided to uh, take every dollar we had and disappear uh, with someone else when I was. Uh, out of the country doing uh doing a talk, which was difficult because that hit rock bottom at that point. I'm I'm unpacking a lot of stuff, man. So I'm sorry. You asked, so I'm gonna say and had to start all over. I was living out of my car with my kids at that time. And from that time to this time, uh completely changed my aspect from being married to money to marrying uh married to people and uh, had an experience that I'm not necessarily gonna share now because of time, but a homeless man basically uh, gave me some advice and it really hit me hard. And Totally tr turned my life around. It went from being really all about how much money can I make to how much can I serve. And through that, developed processes that allowed me to buy around 1,500 units a year, uh, which is, we've been on point to do that almost every year, except 2,000. We actually did almost double that. We were three units shy of 3,000. So we did very well in 2020 during COVID. And uh, yeah, and every single uh, asset that that I buy or help others buy is done using without your own money. We only leverage other people's money. We use uh, debt to do that, a very specific kind of debt, asset-based lending debt or asset-backed lending debt, which doesn't require credit. Uh, the only requirement is having the right equity play. So there has to be a certain amount of equity for you to be able to tap into that source. And you don't need credit to do it. And, and since I'm Canadian, uh, didn't have a social security number for a very long time, I learned how to not only tap into asset-backed lending debt, but also uh, leverage existing debt on uh, multiple assets as well, including commercial assets. So done CMBS loan takeovers, and now we're buying hotels, motels, assisted living facilities, mobile home parks, apartment buildings, uh, storage units. So, um, so there's a lot here, right? Let me kind of go back a little bit. You said um, in 2008, um sort of thing, the crash happened. A lot of people were in that. And you said something interesting, which is obviously people were over leveraging at the time, which was easy to do and yep. seemed like smart to do. Um, if you would take us back, what would you say were the lessons learned, even though the real estate market crashed, knowing what you know today, could oh that type of a disaster have been avoided knowing what you know today? Uh, my financial disaster of Correct. losing everything that I had? Uh Correct. I wouldn't take it back, honestly. It wasn't. It, okay. it, it seemed like a disaster then, uh, and because my spouse also 
it was compounded by my spouse taking $11 million in, sure. in, in liquid capital that I now I'm broke at that point. Right. And I actually spiraled into almost wanting to kill myself. It was a really dark time for me. And I had to, I turned around again through, through a very specific incident, but from that uh, disastrous, and I say that with my, you know, my bunny ears on, on both of my hands, I was, banks were going through what they're going now, right? There's, it was a bank crisis. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Correct. What's happening right now. I, you realize that banks were taking back, uh, there was a tremendous amount of foreclosure, if you remember. And at that time, the Canadian dollar was actually worth more than the US dollar more for, the than first time, for, for the first time since 1980 or 70, like a long time ago. So I was going to my, uh, my fellow Canadians and I was buying tapes from Citibank, Wells Fargo, Chase, uh, uh, you know, single family tapes, which are uh, microfiches, 100 properties oh. at a time. I'm not sure if your listeners know what those are. But uh, yeah, so we're buying 100 properties at a time of three bedroom, two bath uh, homes with pools. That was our requirement um, at 100 at a time for less, uh, less than 25 grand, no, more, no less than 10 up to 25. So it, within that margin. And what market was then in Vegas? In Vegas, okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, okay. and we we just liquidated the last of those for seven hundred and change. So okay, we did well. So got it. That when there's blood on the streets and people are running in a different direction, that's the time to scoop up those opportunities. Like when the stock market crashes, that's the best time to buy stocks. So in this market, we're uh, you know I'm not sure when this is going to be broadcast, but whenever times are more difficult, that's the time to to buy. You know, and and when everyone's selling. That's when you, you know, that's when you buy and when everyone's buying, that's when you sell. So we're blessed right now in this, in, in this market cycle for us, this is the best it's ever been. So it's basically the famous quote by, um, you know, be by Warren Buffett goes something like, uh, be fearful when yes. everybody is, you know, excited and be greedy. Yes. When, yeah. Greedy. Um, yep, yep. it's a famous, famous quote, but, uh, yep. so at that time, was there a, so you, you talked about carton sheets it happens to be carton sheets actually was out of Oak Brook, uh, in Chicago. Um, that's where he used to live early on. So, um, you know, I knew the guy. Uh, at the time, really? so that's yeah. cool. That's neat. Yeah. You're uh, so, you're blessed. Yeah, I never yeah. met him. So, in terms of, can you talk a little bit about because a lot of times uh, most investors are not going out raising capital. So, were you raising capital at the time? Uh, from you said a lot of Canadian uh, uh, Canadians, and then buying tapes in the United States. What was that process like? Were you? Did you have a syndication of some sort? What What did that look like? That's a really great question. No one's ever asked me that. I, I went to uh, some wealthy friends that I had and they wrote the check. They got 51%. I got, I got 49 and okay. I had control, but they had uh, first money out. And um, the only syndication I've ever done are the three private equity funds that I started. I, I never have done a, a single deal syndication. I never liked the idea of having to do a deal and syndicate every single time. I would rather just have a fund and have people put money into a fund that allows me to buy whatever is necessary. So I went into the fund route versus the syndication route. And uh, I've got a, a, a 20, a 30, and a $50 million fund. I couldn't, and I had to get someone with a Series 65 in them because after 50, you need one. So I didn't, I'm too lazy to take the test. Got it. So basically, yeah. so let's kind of um, talk about that a little bit. That uh, why, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people today, obviously doing syndications. It's been going, it's been on fire right? Doing syndications, buying a lot of multi, uh, multi-unit multi type of properties. And I'm hearing you talking uh, more about a fund versus syndication. I know you just touched on that. Just break that down a little bit more for us. 
Well, it's exactly like a syndication, except instead of the rules being on this property specifically, it's a fund that allows us to buy whatever we want based on the rules that we created. So fund and a syndication are almost identical, except a syndication is this is the property we're buying and here are the rules around it. And a fund is we're buying anything that meets this box, that checks this box, and this is the return that you're going to get. And here's the rules around it. So it's identical. It just gives you more uh, a lot more power to buy a lot more. and it spreads out the risk as well for the investors um, to not just be tied to one thing, but a, a list of things that they can uh, tap into um, should they, you know, decide to participate in that fund. So I just liked it better. And I'm not, you know, syndications are great. People make a lot of money. And if you know what you're doing, you're going to be amazing. And, you know, it allows you to really leverage other people's money and it allows someone that wants to be more of a passive role uh, that, that understands, you know, what they're doing uh, and making sure that you're investing in the right fund the right syndication with the right players, which is important that you're, you know, putting your money in the right, in the right place. So it's a great mechanism, great tools. So in terms of uh, the strategy you've used, so basically this is a private equity where you're tied to say one 300 year building or whatever the case is here, you have a lot more flexibility. You can buy different types of assets as long as that's in the, um, is it called a prospectus? What is it called? Uh, the PPM. PPM. Okay, got yeah. it. Um, yeah. That you guys. Uh, so yeah. basically, in your private private placement, yeah. Private placement item. Item. yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Uh, so depending on what that defines, as long as you're buying in that box, you're good to go. That's correct. Now, got it. Most of our acquisitions. Now, I created a fund more on the acquisition side for myself more than my students and my mentees. Sure. Where I'd say ninety-two percent of our acquisitions are asset-backed lenders, which okay. is not a syndication. It's uh, debt that is tied to a certain amount of equity. So just to make the picture as easy as possible, uh, if you have something that's worth $1,000, you have to buy it for 700000 So there has to be a 30% equity play. And the rate of return, so it's not hard money. It's anywhere between 6 and 8%. Uh, there are different products from different companies that can go down to 2%. Uh, if they're over a $5 million threshold, we can get money at 2%. But there has to be a 30% equity play, like complete. Got it. So meaning that um, their rate of return is basically like the S&P if we use 8%. So the S&P on average over the last 20 years is about, around 8%. Um, but upon default, your rate of return is over uh, 35%. So your, your, your sweetener on default is a lot more attractive because you absorb the cash flow and the, the asset completely after, um, after default. So it makes it very easy for the money to be placed. And it makes it very attractive upon default. It's not a foreclosure process. It's it's uh, basically just a transfer of ownership in advance uh, through through basic paperwork. I'll make the payments. You gave me all the money. You you actually get money at closing when you use this money. So uh, it's not uncommon to get a, a six figure check. You know, at closing instead of putting money in, you're actually getting paid, which is nice. Uh, you get cash flow since you bought it correctly the the day that you buy it. If there's an upside, there's money there to create that, you know, to, uh, as long as the right returns are there, this is dependent on returns, of course, um, the right returns are there for the upside to improve and um, to create premiums on the, on the rents to increase those, uh, those rents. And uh, yeah, you just, if you're a bonehead, you miss two payments, goes back to the lender and they get all the, they get all the advantages and you got paid basically a finder's fee to, to get the deal, but the deal belongs to you. You get the depreciation, you get all the benefits, just don't miss payments. If you do, then you lose the deal, go find another one. It's not like foreclosure where it goes on your record. It's they, you just made 
the lender a tremendous amount of money. Like I said, it goes from an 8% return uh, to uh, almost double that. Uh, just for, for context, let's say the, the cash flow is $100,000 a year. Uh, your debt service was $52,000, uh, which makes a $48,000 profit for the sponsor. Uh, that's after tax insurance, maintenance management, and all the other crap that has to be paid. So let's say you're, you're keeping around half of the gross, you're netting $100,000. Lender gets uh, you know their 8% fee on whatever the acquisition was. And uh, you get forty-eight thousand missed due payments. Now they get a hundred thousand, so they're doubling their money on default. And uh, it doesn't happen often, but it really creates a zero-risk opportunity for the lender, and it's a great deal for the the person that's actually acquiring the deal because you don't need money, you don't need credit, you just have to put together the right opportunity and tap in the lender. So someone who is coming just just has the right information and skill sets just puts this together and just does it over and over and over again. Are you enjoying the show thus far? You know what they say, knowledge is not power, but rather it's the application of knowledge that is power. That's why we are excited to announce the new dates for our Build Your Empire three-day conference and property tour. At this game-changing event, you'll discover how to build lasting wealth with real estate, Learn step-by-step methods, avoid common mistakes, and get insights from dozens of real estate and financial experts. If you are listening to the podcast, you know that real estate is a team sport, and we're here to introduce you to the local pros who can help you every step of the way. This event is your opportunity to walk through active real estate deals in Chicago and nearby neighborhoods. And the best part is, you can either attend live or virtually. Go to andrewhomesevents.com and get your early bird tickets now. At the event, you'll see properties being transformed into flips, rentals, or wholesale properties, giving you a rare and valuable learning experience outside the classroom. Meet and learn from successful students who've profited from our mentorship. Hear their stories and struggles, and discover how you can follow in their footsteps, regardless of your background or experience. And so much more. We also have a VIP package that will give you access to our exclusive networking sessions and an opportunity to connect and meet with Andrew himself. Plus, we even give you a hot lunch all of the days you are there. For more information and to secure your spot, visit andrewhomesevents.com. We sell out every time, so don't miss this opportunity to transform your real estate career. We will see you at our next event. And now, back to the show. Because a lot of people run towards the traditional syndication model, the raising capital, obviously then going to lenders uh, and going that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very many people are talking about uh, asset-based uh, lenders from the uh, way you're talking about it. Why is that? Uh, it's a product that is not very commonly known, honestly. But look at a pawn shop. That's an asset-based lender. Uh, right. A car title loan. That's an asset-based lender. And after 24 years in the business, and talking to thousands of banks, starting a small fund, talking to fund managers, and, and just really just beating things down, you start a, a collective of, you know, of, uh, of small asset-based lenders that then start doing well, and then they start going into that, migrating into that route. And like I said, if you know how money works, when you don't use it, you lose it, right? Sure. So, uh, and as my tribe has grown, and we've attracted more lenders. There are more funds that have uh, migrated towards this product in because of the low risk, high return opportunity. Trillions of dollars go through Wall Street on a daily basis, right? 
right. the objective is high rate of return, the highest possible rate of return with the lowest amount of risk. And the higher the risk, the higher the return, the lower the risk, the lower the return. And asset-backed lending actually is a risk reversal on that. And I, there's a, now I'm simplifying this. There's a lot of checkboxes sure. to check, right? So it's sure. not like, you know, I love this deal. I want to buy it. I want sure. no money down. There has to be right. very specific parameters. So I just want to make sure that this is clear, you know, because you know how people are. You know? Right. Yeah. I have a deal. It's worth $3 million. I'm buying it for $10 million. Give me the money. Right. Right. Never going to happen. Right. So you have to protect the lender. That lender has to be safe. And that's one of the reasons why. So to answer your question as to why people don't go that route is most people are stuck in a traditional way of doing things. Most people go through a real estate agent to buy an asset, which is fine. We buy most of our assets off market because that's where the best deals are. Uh, we, a really good deal generally doesn't hit the street. It goes through a network first, then hits the street. By the time it hits the street, it's, you know, it's most likely not the best deal anyway. So there's, there are channels that you can go through to a get the best deals and we never pay retail for anything. And I, during this last market cycle that ended in June of, um, of 2022, people were overpaying for properties. People were, you know, all high-fiving each other for buying an asset at a 5% return. Now money costs eight. That's an upside down property. If you have 5% return, you can't sell it to anyone that's getting the money for under five. It's going to be very difficult to sell. So you're pigeoning hole yourself into buying. And I'm not saying that you can't make a ton of money long-term on, on, on the acquisition. I'm just saying that if your, your exit strategy is to be out during this market cycle, you're screwed. You're not you're, you're stuck it. with the property. So I want to kind of yeah. just drill down a little bit more uh, when we're talking about this, because um, in a lot of the multifamily space uh, and what's going on is, well, if you're going to buy the property for a four cap, I'm going to buy it for 3.75 cap. The next guy is going to buy it for a 3.5 cap. I mean, the race seems to be to the bottom. The more important thing is just buy, buy, buy. The more you buy, man, I got, you got 8,000 units. I got 10, right? It, the race is not, does the property make sense? Is there equity in it? Is there, I mean, the basics of real estate seem to be out the window, but if the play is, dude, how many properties do I control? I'm not sure what it, it, do, it does. It doesn't make sense but, to me. It doesn't okay, make sense so, to me. It, right. It's not, it's not how many properties you buy. It's how many, how many make money. And if every right. single property you buy has a 30% equity play, it means your cash flow is better anyway. Yeah. Correct. Right. Correct. So Correct. it's how much money you make. I know someone that has 3,000, 3,000 units and makes $1,500 a month. No, I, I know so many people the other day. I had an interesting conversation with somebody. $1,500 right. a month on yeah. that many units. What are you doing? Like, what are you, yeah. like, you're, you'll never going to, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wanted to kind of, uh, now, because most people, especially in that sort of a, uh, when they're buying bigger multifamily stuff, I have never heard them talk about buying a property with equity. I mean, that's never, I mean, at least I haven't heard of it because they, no one talks about like, it. Uh, right. So that was that makes perfect sense. Now, the second part of it is, what type of assets do you like in today's market? Are you looking at like light industrial on the storage side, on the uh, trailers uh, or multifamilies? What's, what's the play you think at this point, or it depends? My answer is whatever is the best rate of return. I, I like anything that has affordable housing tied to okay. it a lot. Uh, there's always going to be as inflation crushes most Americans and most people, they need a place to live. So mobile home parks have been heavily invested in for a very long time. Love mobile home uh, parks, RV parks. I like very much as well, because you can convert those as well to uh, mobile home parks if necessary. Um, we, we've taken hotels that are exterior corridor. We've turned into VA housing and section eight can't because of the requirements, but we can, if the right property, 
can be converted into a Section 8 uh, housing or a VA housing or other social housing housing projects. There, there's a ton of grants that are available that most people don't even look at. That's free money from the government. There are billions of dollars that are that are available that no one even applies for, which blows my mind. There are so many things that you can do with properties that are cheap. We bought a 600 bed, 388 unit, 600 bed assisting living facility, assisted living facility that was closed down. Uh, they were they were sadly they were taken advantage of as a church, and uh, someone stole the money, and they had to go under, and they were forced to sell. We bought it for less than five hundred thousand, less than five hundred thousand. All right, and it's not burned out. It's not you know it's not it's not destroyed. It's just empty, and it's yes you know you rent out fifteen units and it already cash flows. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it's 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 just seeing the opportunity and going into a direction as we said before where people are scared of it. Just to all all fear is is a controller to not have you do something that's important, right? right. In most cases. Now, if a tiger's right. chasing you, get the hell out of there. Right. But, you know, it, it stands for, you know, f- I don't know if I can say uh, bad words, but F everything and run, right? That's right. what fear stands for. Sure. So so it's a lack of understanding or knowledge as to what to do. And I don't know what the hell to do. So I'm going to hire someone that knows how to do something like this. You find them and you say, what's it going to take? Cut them into the deal and everyone makes a ton of money and I don't have to do anything. They do the work. And then, okay, how much money does it need? We put a plan together. We go to a NASA back lending, say, here's the, here's, here's the property. Here's the plan. Here's the expert. Put it all together. This is what we need. This is, your, you know, it's worth $30 million. We only need $10 million. Are you in? And that's it. And you put it in front of a few people and you get the money. So basically, um, in this way, rather than going to a bank and uh, you're borrowing the money here, uh, the way you're talking about it, the asset based lender, it's almost they're a partner in the deal. The asset backed lender is a lender that's only it's debt, a lender. Okay. just debt, but two it's payments debt. Okay. missed two. But so the, the way it's structured is you're a part, you're the only partnership you have is if we screw up and don't keep our promises. Got it. So it's like you, uh, like me finding a, a phenomenal multifamily. Uh, or whatever assets that you're into right now, storage, sure. whatever, hotel, you name it. Or And I give you the money, all right? I don't want to be your partner because it's like a marriage, but worse, right? Because right. when partnerships break, it's very, very, it can be terrible. If you've ever been in a bad ugly, partnership, yeah. but it, very ugly, right? Worse than divorce. So I'm going to step back. Here's the money. And every day I pray secretly that you don't pay me, right? Because two consecutive payments, I, the, the, uh, the, the, the default clause uh, kicks in. I now take control. You're technically in receivership. I get it. You're out and you got paid at closing. Remember. So it generally how it, it works is you have to get money at closing because you got paid to find the deal. You are custodian of the deal until you stop making your, keeping your promises that you've, you know, you've lost your fiduciary responsibility in this. That was your role. You didn't do it. Out you go. Next. And so in this sort of situation, uh, what about your, what do you have to bring to the table in terms of down payment, um, money, no money in the deal? Nothing. No. Okay. As long as the asset is good enough. The only thing that matters is the asset. Asset. Okay. Not your experience because third-party management has to be involved. If the person that's finding the deal has a management company, they still can't borrow the money because it has to be third-party arm's length transaction because they have to be out. If it's, it's, it's clear, right? I'm, right. it's basically like a trustee of a trust. Trustee. Okay. Got it. Just think of it makes, that way. Makes right? perfect sense. So the owner, if, if you had to put a million dollars into a deal, right. Of your own money and 
you were getting a 8% return, all right, getting $80,000 a year interest only for however long you decided to, passive mailbox money. And the second two payments didn't come in, now you were making 160 and you got 30% equity. So now you're, you're, you have a $1.5 million property that you put a million dollars into or 1.6. Sure. Would you be okay with that? Uh, no. You wouldn't be okay with getting it back instead of making $80,000 a year? Oh, getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I misheard the, uh, yes. I misheard so that. It's your money. Yeah. You, it's, you go from 80 to 150. What so you almost, yeah. Yes. Of course. And you got yeah. 30% equity and you can sell it tomorrow for whatever you want. Makes sense. That makes sense. So are you okay with that as a lender? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now, am I okay with that as a borrower? If you're yeah. not okay with it, then don't borrow the money. Correct. Don't get the deal. Don't use, then use your own money and use your own credit. If you're not okay with it, don't do it. Then use your money, use your credit, put your ass on the line and make, and if things go bad, get a deficiency judgment like all of us have had to do over time. And you don't keep your promises, bad things happen. Or you do it this way where you're off the hook instantaneously and you can go borrow the money again the next day because it doesn't matter. You just made that person money. Got it. And this can be done with any type of asset. It can be multifamily. It can be um, a trailer park or any type of assets. You name it. Yeah, we do it. We were this month. We'll have 17 closings by today. Already this month. Yeah. So we do a lot of transactions. Yeah. Like I said, we do a lot of volume and every single, now the average profit per property, you were saying that. So how many do you do that? How much does it make? Which is a really wise statement. Our average per door, per key, per whatever transaction is around $200 net after debt service. Okay. Got it. Uh, So uh, explain that a little bit, because you said $200 a door after debt service. And are we talking about Profit or we talk about cash flow? Profit is cash flow. Okay. So a lot of times profit to me is after you sell the property, cash flow is every single day. Okay. Every single day. Yeah. Well, profit is cash flow. Excuse me. Okay. So if we're talking profit, that's futures, right? We don't do correct. Yeah. We're not doing pro formas. In my world, pro formas are like buying the moon, right? Got it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. All right. So it's yes. So if I buy if you buy a 10 unit, you're making two thousand dollars a month. Okay, perfect. That makes sense. Right. Okay. After that's after debt service. And the only reason our profit is that high or cash flow is that high. Cash flow, yeah. Is because we're buying it with a significant amount of equity and we're not paying 13% for the for the for the money. Got and when when we're in a, you know, the average we're in double digit returns, like what you were saying is very true. It's you want to buy for five, four and a half, three and a half. How are you gonna make any money? Right. Like, why are you doing this? Just right. to say you have a deal? Like it's stupid. You're not buying. I've bought properties just to say I bought them and I regretted it for a very long time that I did because I was, it was killing me and you can't make that up in volume. And when you're, when you're dealing with also other people's money, if you're syndicating, it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible solution. Now, again, unless there's a significant upside that would warrant such a outrageous over uh, misuse of money, then maybe, but I'd rather buy it at a discount and have an upside. Makes perfect sense. So, Marco, this is fascinating uh, discussion. I didn't realize we were going to go down this path. So, if somebody wants to uh, hear more about this, learn more, I know you do a lot of teaching. You have a huge community uh, of students uh, that you teach. How do they get in touch with you? You can go to, um, you can listen to for, uh, another podcast, Big Fat Real Estate Checks, which is okay. a podcast on asset based lending and Big uh, Fat Real Estate, real estate Checks. checks. Yeah, big fat real estate checks. Now, not chicks, because that's a completely different podcast. That's a Just different, to, yes. Yeah, not not chicks, different community. Guys. It's yes. big fat real estate checks. C H E C K S. Yes, uh, checks. Okay. 
Yeah, can, the uh, other one I'm, is a different community, right? <laughs> yes. Instagram, right. uh, Marco.Kozlowski. If you want to check me out on Instagram as well, there's some links there that you can see. Um, I do deals there all the time. I'm going to, we just got a two hotel portfolio that's in uh, North Dakota and Oklahoma City. Uh, package worth about 30 million. We got it for just under seven. So and, 30 uh, million a package, you guys got it for less than seven. Less than seven, yeah. Wow, and amazing. yeah, yeah. And we nosed out people that offered much more. Okay. And if, 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 uh, yeah, if by the time this is broadcast, you can actually see the play by play on Instagram. I, I put, I basically have deal, uh, case studies, and then you can actually see different case studies and different things that I do. So you can see how we acquired it, what we did, how we did it. And this is not just numbers I'm throwing out of my, my butthole. These yeah. are real numbers and real values that are sustainable. And everything I say, I back up with, I don't write a check with my mouth that I can't cash with my ass, specifically with Chicago, because right. <laughs> you don't mess with Chicago. <laughs> no, this has been absolutely, absolutely fascinating. And I think there's a lot more to unpack because people sometimes will just take bits and pieces of what somebody says. And then they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this without understanding the full picture. Yes. Right? Uh, there's clearly any time, anything that's ethical, legal and moral, guys, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some study, due diligence, 100%. like yes. anything else. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. And there's a ton of opportunities. Marco, this has absolutely been a pleasure, uh, guys, uh, for everybody listening. Thank you for joining in. It's all about cash flow. I think what Marco brought to the table today, um, I don't even know kind of where to start from private equity versus talking about funds, asset-based uh, uh, lending. There's a lot here. I think uh, it'd be definitely worthwhile checking out uh, Marco and what he's teaching. Definitely, Marco. I When I'm in the area, man, down in Orlando, I'm going to stop by and see you. Absolutely. I just We just opened up a handful of bars as well. I, I, I'm in a lot of things. But at the end of the day, we're not in the real estate business. We're in the cash flow business. Cash flow is it. what pays the it. bills. Cash flow is what sustains your life. Cash flow puts clothes on the, uh, on, you know, on the kids, gas in the car and food on the table. Get as much as you can without right. using your you money. Know, we always say, guys, there are two types of people. Either your cash is flowing in or is flowing out. For most people, it just flows out. So you want to be the guy like Marco where it much more of it flows in. Thanks a bunch, bud. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Cash Flow for Life podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you are listening to us on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. Achieving financial freedom is all about creating the necessary cash flow in your life. Our team has designed an entire ecosystem for you to be able to not only become a successful real estate investor, but for you to build higher cash flows month after month. Join our community at www.nationalreinvest.com to see which event is coming up that you can be a part of and how you can be a part of our community. Once again, it's www.nationalreinvest.com. We will see you on the next episode.